Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of Beautiful and Bothered with me, Johnny Ross and Kevin. Hello. How you doing? Very good. How you doing, girl? Good, good. <laughs> so I went to the Rare Beauty event. Oh my God, I can't wait to hear all about this. Met Selena Gomez. What was that like meeting her? So it's very weird. I feel like I have a unique view of meeting famous people. I don't love meeting famous people. Like, I feel like I don't get as excited about it as other people do because I don't like exchanges. Like people, when they meet famous people and they're like sobbing or they can tell that the famous person is like uncomfortable and they're still all about it. I don't love meeting famous people because I feel like I don't enjoy being in exchanges with someone where I know the person doesn't want to meet you. Interesting. Okay. Not but, that they're like being mean or anything. No, no. Yeah, but course. like you they know, like, need get so out many of here. Yeah, yeah they need yeah. so many people. The exchange is 99% for you and 1% for them. So it's not like a necessity for Yeah, me. they're not walking away with like that changed my life. Exactly. Meeting, like, that so that random. one-sided exchange for me is not the most exciting thing. And I also feel like a lot of the celebrities I enjoy, I enjoy them and I'm a fan of them for the art they create, the medium. I love Selena Gomez because I love her on Only Murders in the Building. I love her music. I'm not friends with her. You know what I mean? Like, I you're get, not going to have that personal moment with her where she's going to be like asking hey you girl, questions. Hey, girl. Yes. Either. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I get more excited to yeah. see a friend I haven't seen in a while than yeah. I do meeting a celebrity. A lot of people at the event were saying, they were like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, I'm not nervous because what's she's not going to hit me. That was that. I wasn't really nervous at all. And I will say, and I have to give a lot of credit to the Rare Beauty team. Obviously, they didn't do this on purpose because they don't know this, but it had to be one of my favorite groups of content creators I've ever seen at an event. I've been following a boy in beauty. His name's Brandon. He is incredible. He was one of my first inspirations when I started doing this like two years ago because he was one of the first people I really saw doing high definition HD transitions and artsy and with the music. And he was so inspiring to me. And I've been following him for like two and a half years now and he's from Australia. He was there. They flew him in. Another creator, her name's Samantha, Beauty Kills MUA on social media. She's from Las Vegas. We've talked forever and like texted each other and she's been so supportive back and forth, like development of friendship. They flew her in. So I was walking into this event knowing I knew 10 people, even Trevor Barrett was there. There was just so many people that I was so excited to meet. And it almost felt like it was like this weird little high school reunion of all these people I've either oh. met before or I've admired from afar. So it was wow. such a good vibe in that regard. I was honestly more excited about that. But yeah, meeting Selena. So I posted, getting ready for it, that I was going to have her sign the back of the leather jacket. jacket. Yes. Yeah. I will say, girlfriend was tired. Okay. She oh. was very, like, yeah. And God only knows. God only knows, like, how busy she was. She's Selena Gomez. So what I thought was really cool, too, that they did was everybody that flew in from far away, they got to go to the venue at like four o'clock, two hours before everybody else and take the time to film a cute little video with her. And I appreciated that. I know Brandon from Australia flew 29 hours. So I'm like, good for them for giving those people that flew a long time a little extra time. Yeah, like you took a whole day to come oh here. Oh my you God. You might as well make it worth your while. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was really sweet. But then as far as like the rest of us, the local people, we got there at six and we all had allotted times we were going to meet her. And it was very almost informal. It's not like she had a specific room she was in. She was kind of just up against a big poster of the launch because it was for the new lip oils. We just went up and met her one by one, but you could tell by the time she started meeting people at like six, my time was like 
7.30, girlfriend needed done, to go to bed. Done. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't want to take up any more of her time. And even on the line, the person for Rare Beauty was like, she's just doing quick photos and selfies, basically saying, don't get fucking in, bother her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't ask her anything personal. That'll take more than 30 exactly. seconds. Exactly. So I just went up there. I was like, you look incredible. I love you on Only Murders in the Building. Your brand is amazing. Keep killing it. Thank you so much. Yeah. I just didn't want to take up a lot of her time. Yeah, um, short and sweet to the point. Don't exactly. tell her a traumatic story. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Well, load your trauma. Crying. Yeah. yeah, you saved my life. And she's like falling asleep <laughs> while I'm talking to her. Exactly. But it was funny. I joke around too. I never understood Starstruck until I met Sean Hayes from Will and Grace. He was my idol growing up. Yeah. I mean, I just talked about it on the Coco Crew podcast. Will and Grace was my only exposure to gay people when I was in my early teens. And I used to bribe my sisters to drive me to Saturday matinee or FYE to buy the box sets of Will and Grace. And I would watch all 24 episodes in a day into the wee hours of the morning. So I was obsessed with him and my uh, mom, sister, and I went to go see him in Promises, Promises on Broadway. We went to the stage door and I had to be maybe 15, 14, 15. And I was wow. at the stage door. Yeah. And Molly Shannon was in it with him and Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen and you were like pushing them out of the way. Literally. Yeah. So Molly Shannon came up to me and she was to die for her. Kristen Chenoweth came out, which she literally is three foot tall. That was like shocking to see her in person. She is so, so small. But Sean Hayes came out and he walked up to me and I had my playbill in my hands. He's in front of me. Here's my moment to like say everything I ever wanted to say to him. I'm staring at him mouth agape, literally just like. <laughs> and God. I'm not saying anything. And he's God. looking at me like something's wrong with me. And is this his make a wish? Literally. Thing? And I'm like, oh, God. literally. Yeah. And I can tell my sister's like holding my shoulders and my mom's behind her. After the fact, I could feel my sister and my mom being like, say something. Yeah, like waiting for me to yeah. say something. And my sister like jumped in and saved me and was like, you're his idol. And Sean Hayes was so sweet. He laughed in a way of like, I can tell. He was could have been Aww, nicer. Yeah, that's about so that. Cute. I know. And he's starting in April a new play on Broadway called Goodnight Oscar. And I really want to go see it. And I want to go to the stage door again and try to meet him and like tell him this. Be like when I was 15. I, I blew it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the only time I was like ever starstruck. And then I don't even know if I really met any other celebrities. Um, I met Tan France from Queer Eye. Oh, okay. He was like so sweet. Me and my fiance met him. But not um, something you were like starting. No, no, about. no. And that's the thing too about meeting celebrities, in my opinion. It's very transactional. They're I'm working. Angry. Yeah. They're doing yeah, exactly, like, exactly. That's... So I just went to another event last night, a Murad event, and I was talking to other influencers, and they were talking about going to the offset event with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And I'll say though, so <laughs> they were telling me that Scarlett Johansson couldn't have been sweeter. Scarlett Johansson is a talker and they weren't blaming Scarlett. They were almost blaming the other influencers. Some influencers were like talking to her for like half hour and Scarlett won't be like, okay, like that. Yeah. Cause yeah. she's a talker and whatever. So I was like, okay, that's really sweet. Especially Scarlett fucking Johansson. Not that Selena Gomez is Selena Gomez. That's crazy too. But I don't know, maybe her being younger and like in this world of influencers where Scarlett Johansson to me is a movie star. Yeah. Like, okay, you got 30 seconds to talk to me and let's wrap this up. Exactly. That's really interesting. Yeah. So um, they were saying wow. she was like okay. amazing. Someone did tell me tea of someone they did meet from another beauty brand that was standing there, like didn't want to touch anybody, another well, celebrity. I mean, elephant in the room, they always say like, don't meet your heroes. And yeah. you hear this about RuPaul all the time. Oh, I know. That people always say like, it's the most awkward. I need you to be six feet away from me at all yeah. times. Like, like the Oprah thing. Like she grabs hands. So yeah. she doesn't have to touch, like hug them. Yeah. That to me is almost disappointing too. Cause you go into yes. something like meeting your hero. Like imagine if Sean Hayes was like, an asshole. Don't, don't come near me. Yes. Like, I don't care. Well, and you know what? It was interesting. Cause it sparked a conversation between us yesterday where we were saying that, you know what? Honestly, 
if I am meeting RuPaul in the wild or I'm meeting another celebrity in the wild, I think it depends. Because I remember I watched a Nick Kroll stand up recently and he was saying, he's like, you know, I love meeting people. He's like, but, you know, read the room. If I'm in the airport with my son, maybe I don't want you to come up and ask me to do the hormone that's, monster voice. Like, yeah. like, so he's like, you know, that's know the time and place. Right. And even if you meet RuPaul, he's in his personal life where when you're going to an event with a celebrity, especially in this exact case, they know what they're signing up for. We were also saying that when you go to these events and you have influencers coming to your event and you're going to be standoffish like the one this girl told me. I Can you get, say who it was? Or no? Jessica Alba. Yeah, yeah. It was like very, she, the uh, influencer wow. was telling me she was very like, as she was meeting people, she was just taking pictures with them, like arms like this, like not touching anybody, not whatever. Like awkward sixth grade girl, like totally. I don't want to and I was almost like even saying out. Gwyneth Paltrow energy of like, don't touch me, yeah. like pores. I, like, yeah, yeah. Love that. Though. Yes, that, right? She gives off that vibe. But we were saying, we're like, it's very different in this setting because. I get it that you're inviting, you know, influencers to these events. And yes, it's beautiful. You probably, your company has spent a lot of money mm -hmm. flying people in, hosting the event. You're paying a pretty penny and you're meeting people. But also at the end of the day, you're inviting influencers to these events because you want us to sell your shit. You're, you're now going to be promoting this product for the next six months exactly wearing it using it and you're yes you want to have a positive image to the brand so when yeah. you have this weird awkward meet and greet you're kind of like well screw that i'm not promoting your products and it's sad because it's like that shouldn't be the influence and i'm the kind of person if i go to one of these events and the celebrity that owns the brand is jessica albae if i really like it i'll still talk about it but it's just shocking to me virtually you're inviting a group of salesmen to your event to sell your shit and you're not going to be personable and you want us to then go in this oversaturated market and bring your stuff to the and top of our list. And paint you in this like positive light that you're like this great person, you have this great brand, but yes. you're not painting yourself in a great image when you're awkward at the meet and greet photo. You're like, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't even care who you are. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I give Selena a lot of credit because you could tell she was exhausted and she met every single person. So wow. it was even though, you know, the exchange was very limited because I just didn't want to take up a lot of her time. She was out there meeting every single person. So that was really cool. And then, yeah, the event was, it was nice. It was, it was more of like a cocktail houry thing. And you were saying too, that there was a lot of other influencers there that you wanted to meet. Yes. So were there any people that you met from those people that you were like, oh, this isn't how I would have painted you in my head? Okay. So Brandon was incredible. He yeah. was by Brandon on social media uh, is his handle. He was incredible. We got along like a house on fire. He was staying in the city a couple days after that. So the event was last Wednesday and we got together on Friday and spent the entire day together in the city. That's I like amazing. showed him all around the city. He was incredible. Trevor, I've, I've spoken to before. I have him on the podcast. He'll be on an upcoming episode. So we met in that regard. He's so sweet. I didn't realize how tall Trevor was. Trevor Barrett, he's like your height. Really? I was shocked. I was like, oh my God. Like he didn't, I think he was like six. He had to be six, three, six, four. Wow. Yeah, there really wasn't any anybody that I was excited to meet that was disappointing. Yeah. You're like, this is not your personality. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was somebody funny. there that I don't enjoy that I think doesn't enjoy me either. Um, cause I made a video about her comedically and I made sure to structure the whole thing where she wasn't the <laughs> butt of the joke. Um, <gasps> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who it is. Yep. When I posted it, she was there. She was there. Did she say anything? To you we, caught each other's eye and just didn't even, yeah, just moved on. And I'll say like, when I posted the video, I made sure it wasn't 
at her expense. The character I was playing was the butt of the joke and she happened to just be the inspiration and she unfollowed me on everything after that. So, and it was funny because other influencers were like commenting, big people like Michaela and Rose and Ben were like in the comments saying to me, oh my God, do me next. Like they loved it. They understood the joke. She never even acknowledged I did it and just unfollowed me on everything. And I already had my suspicions about her anyway. So that was the only one I was like. Well, and that's something I was going to ask you too, even about, meeting people and involving yourself with other people Mm -hmm. and who you associate with in this industry, because it's so different for me. I'm like in the beauty industry, but in a very different realm Yes, where you're in this, where you have these connections with people. How do you deal with, or how do you like maneuver going through meeting people and then involving people in your, I'm going to say your life and like your career? Yeah. What if something kind of starts to go? The Jeffrey and Manny of it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you ever worry about that either? Uh, It depends on how you involve yourself. Even if you look at the drama getting of it all, you know, you take Jeffrey as the epicenter of the nuclear bomb of that whole situation. You had someone like Manny that was just friends with him. But Manny never was orchestrating things with him or was was like also going to the underground lair and causing the things he was causing. So when the drama came out, I think with Dramageddon, like Manny definitely got a lot of the blowback of it. But to a certain extent, it didn't ruin Manny's reputation because he hadn't aligned himself with Jeffrey's toxicity that Jeffrey was doing at that exact moment. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you could argue, okay, but that's the company you keep. So there's that aspect. But then there's the aspect of when Jeffrey did the whole thing with James, you found out after the fact that Tati was knew they were going to do this allegedly involved in like, we're gonna go after him or whatever the drama was. So Tati got more of a brunt of it because she was also twirling the mustache with him in that way where Manny was just collateral damage. Okay, so the elephant in the room, like the Michaela of it all. I am friendly with Michaela because Michaela was so supportive of me when I had like 200,000 followers and she followed me and I was stunned because at the time she had was huge, huge. She had like, you know, 11 million, 12 million. And I was just so surprised that the biggest TikTok beauty person was following me when I had 200,000 followers. And I think a lot of it was because she worked at Ulta and she loved my Sephora skits and related to it. I've said it before, but my very first brand event, and it wasn't even like an event. It was when she did the Glow Recipe dinner. The dinner, yeah. Yeah, and we talked about it on, on my podcast with Michaela. She invited me to that dinner. She was doing a meet and greet and then was wanted to have an intimate dinner and invited like six people. And I was one of those six people. And I was just like, what? So my first time meeting another influencer was the biggest tech beauty TikTok person at the time. At the most intimate dinner of like, at a table. Literally people. there was like maybe 10 people around the table. And that included the Glow Recipe founders, her fiance. It was so intimate. Any interaction I've had with her has just been so lovely. And she is has always been so kind to me. And I even posted at the Selena thing, I posted a picture of me, her and Trevor. And I had someone in my Instagram DMs being like, I'm unfollowing you because you have a picture with Michaela. See yourself out. That's what I said. I was like, bye. Like, or I didn't even respond. But it's interesting because it's like people who kind of have that perspective of influencers. They're so maybe critical of people that are in their orbit. I kind of propose it in the sense of like, what if your reputation was judged by the actions of your friends on a public scale? Anyone who feels this way, let's go into your life and see what your friend's doing on the weekend. Let's let's have a hidden camera follow your friends for a week and then 
put it on the internet, and then all of a sudden judge your character based on it. Do I agree with things that she's done or things that have happened? And a lot of it is alleged. It's all very ambiguous. I'm not in the room with her. I don't know the truth. I'm not keeping secrets for her. I don't know what she does. And even my friends in real life, would I have my friends done things that I maybe disagree with? Or I'm like, oh, I wish they handled that better. Of course. So am I going to have anyone from my influencer friends to my real friends be my like moral judge when I die? No. Well, so it's just, so odd in that regard. Yeah. You're basing your relationship with her on the experiences you've had with her, your personal exactly. relationship. She isn't texting you being this monster. So, yes. and I said this to you the other day too. I think it's so funny, like cancel culture and all of that too, that I swear to you, I feel like people look to like seek out the next like person to cancel. And I said this to you, I'm like, you uh -huh. can't put this on a job resume. You're like, Oh, I got this person canceled. I was the yeah. one that sparked that. I just feel like the beauty industry is like, you will get canceled immediately yeah. for like almost nothing. And that's the thing. And I listen, I'm not talking about any of the bigger things. I'm not talking about questionable, whatever the case oh, is. Like yeah. I said, I'm not in the room with her. I don't know what yeah. happened. I don't know what the motivation is, but it's just interesting to me. And let's pretend this wasn't Michaela. Let's pretend this was somebody else. It's just so interesting to me, almost like the lack of empathy or understanding of like where somebody is or like what they're going through or how old they are. Cause I was on TikTok the other day and I came across someone just posted a video of her. It had to be almost like two and a half years ago or something. She was very young and it was like basically a video where she was saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Her voice was different. And that was clearly the point of the video. Again, someone trying to expose her. Someone yeah. trying to imply her accent was fake. And yeah. here's the deal. I've met Michaela in person now, and that is her accent. Her voice is not fake. Does her accent get stronger when she's making videos? Yes. When she's excited. My entire family's from Staten Island. And when I get together with my family, all of our New York-isms double when you're excited and you're around other people or even me when i mean look at me with italian hands going nuts you the, that's the video stuff, of selena and yeah like that stuff yeah, yeah that stuff amps up because yeah, it's your course. personality but i will say obviously in this video her accent it was as though More it was mild. intentionally being restrained oh, yes like she was hiding it and i'm watching it and i'm saying to myself what the fuck this girl got insanely famous at 21 years old and the point of this video was that she was getting mauled all about her voice. Does it surprise you that a 21-year-old is not in the mood to get bullied? So she maybe was hiding her accent because she didn't want to get made fun of for it on a day. Yeah. Like, what, think about what you were like at 21. Think about the things you did to people please other people. Now have 10 million people judge you. Judge you. What What do yeah. you think you would have done at 21? Right. And that's what I mean. It's not even about Michaela. Even normal people who are on social media and how they maybe modify themselves or people please. Not to say it's right. And I think I love France. Did you see France just came out where you have to disclose if you're using filters <gasps> and you retouch? Can you... Love believe it. that Love that it. is actually amazing I mean, it goes back to the ads in america too with like the yeah. whole i mean not to keep beating a dead yeah, horse yeah. here yeah but when you use false lashes in a mascara mm -hmm. ad it has to say like you have to disclose there yeah. are laws here yeah i would I would if love that to that. happen here. Love, love, love. love I know. Obviously, we need to change beauty standards and stop idolizing 
the Kardashians photoshopping themselves to look inhuman and stuff because that's what causes this insecurity. But it's the people that are attacking everybody on a daily basis and even attacking regular teenagers and regular kids and regular people on the internet that cause this need for people to feel like they do need to hide the things that are getting them judged. And to answer your question, which I feel like I haven't, as far as how I navigate it, it's interesting. If anybody I ever made friends with on social media did something that was concrete, proven and admitted that was something I was just like, Ugh. I wouldn't even want to be friends with that person if you did it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or in my real life, I would not be friends with them anymore. So yeah, there is a little bit of a navigation. And a lot of it too is when you're at these beauty events, it's annoying that you have to kind of be careful what you say to people and who you can be honest, mm-hmm. like totally honest with because you never know who someone's going to go and like say something too. So I would say at this point, I've developed a small group. Their names are Christy and Frederick, both beauty people. We're like at every event I go to because they're in the city. We're like this and we can all be very honest with each other and, you know, really give the tea. And we have trust built up, but they're probably my closest friends in the beauty world. And you just have to, I don't know, it's like any friend. It's like a coworker. What you, What can I say with my coworker in a nine to five office and what if they turn around and tell the boss, you know, you don't, it, it's the same as anything else, yeah, but I don't, put it. I don't overthink it because I know my own character. I'm a good judge of character and vibe. And I know I wouldn't put too much of my own credibility or morality in someone else's basket that it would ever be compromised in general. So you just have to be smart about it. But again, that's because I'm 30. So let's give a little grace to the 19, 20, 21 year olds doing Correct. this. Cause I would have been a, fucking mess and getting they get thrown into the uh, the, the, the limelight the could fame you of it all and it's, could you imagine like if this had happened to me when i was 21 i don't know what i would have done or how you would have acted exactly the stupid said. shit i would have said no not at all yeah so going back to the point before when we were talking about the video that you made that of the person that shall not be named yes and just creating content overall and i've always wondered this too when you make the sephora videos and yeah you have said too that you're very cautious about what you're saying, who it's going to offend. Mm -hmm. And you always have that in the back of your mind. When you're making these videos, what is that process like of checking off all those boxes? Oh my God. So when I started even doing the Sephora skits, like the Barbara videos, I was very conscious of the fact that I was playing a woman. And the only reason I even really did it was because I knew that this woman was rooted in truth. It was real experiences that happened to me. Any character I do play that isn't rooted in truth, it's a completely fictional character, like Miranda in the Mac videos. Yeah. She's the victim. She's a sweet girl that is like the victim. Yeah. And the bully in that scenario is the guy, is the gay guy that, the that works at Mac. So yeah. I, as a gay guy, I feel comfortable playing a villain gay character because... I know that guy. <laughs> like, I- I've seen that. I've yeah. met that person. And it's less of a blurred line. But with Barbara, oh, I would get comments on YouTube, especially all the time. People would watch my Sephora skits and call me a misogynist. And I'm like, this woman is based in true experience. Any Sephora skit I've made of Barbara, there is at least two or three lines or the entire scenario is based on a real interaction. So if you have a problem with the way I'm portraying this woman... That woman is real. So take it up with women that act that way. Right. Or anybody that acts that way. Right, right, So dial that down. And like I said, I I would never play a a woman, a completely fictional woman, and just paint her as this villain. The only reason I even did that was because this was rooted in truth. And like was our daily lives. Exactly. So I get those comments, but I don't even care about them. Whatever. You want to be mad, be mad. 
My fiance was telling me to do the straight guy videos for a while. It took me almost a year to do them. I was really working on how to construct it. I don't even love the cheap comedy of when straight guys are just portrayed as morons. Like when you get the laundry commercial where he's like, what's a washing Whoa. machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and like, the woman's like, mm -hmm, idiot. Like yeah. that is so <laughs> the pendulum swing in, in the opposite yeah. direction of not being funny. So when I started making those videos, it took me a while to really be able to construct it in a way where the straight guy's ignorance to the beauty world wasn't the butt of the joke, that he wasn't just this caveman moron. I really wanted to get the point across that it was the Sephora worker and a intelligent straight man starting to take an interest in skincare or beauty and being so overwhelmed. The joke was the fish out of water element. It would be equivalent if I made a skit of generalizing a gay guy in Home Depot. It wasn't that the gay guy's a moron, it's that he's never maybe been interested or exposed to it. Yeah. So I wanted to construct it in that way where there was an innocence about the straight guy. And lo and behold, that was exactly the reception where they were like, oh my God, he's adorably lost. And that was the point. Which and used to happen. The very first straight guy video I did, if you go back, watch the very first part one, where I say one. like, don't put, it, you don't put it on like a monkey because he was like slapping his face. Part one of Straight Guy Shopping at Sephora is a verbatim, verbatim experience I had with Straight Guy. That's what inspired the whole thing. Oh Literally, he was slapping it on his face. So that's what I'm saying. It was like, I always try to root it in truth. You know, your creative liberties can't be scrutinized in a way. And if they are, I think it needs to be very intelligent. And then with the video I'm talking about that, she unfollowed me. Again, with that one, the whole point of it was that the character's lack of skill and not knowing what to do was the joke, not the, not in, the actual, not the video the she was following right. or something. And I think that's why I just got an editor for my long form beauty and editor for the podcast. Shout out to Mario. I will always do everything when it comes to my comedy skits, because there have been times where in editing them, I'm like, oh, okay, that isn't reading how I thought it was going to read. Editing has so much to do with storytelling. So I will always do everything when it comes to the skits because it gives me complete control to kind of filter that And if stuff. something does come across the wrong way or something might sound offensive, you have that moment, that second chance to be like, okay, this isn't reading well. Exactly. That literally sounds awful. Let me go back, edit it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I've had moments, yeah, where I'm watching it back and I'm like, okay, that's not landing the way I wanted it to, or it could be construed in a different way or it didn't get the point across. And so it gives me that chance to really tell the exact story and hit the the comedic points I'm trying to make. And I think that's difficult when you're trying to make comedy that is trying to say something. And that was the whole point of the Barbara was to point out these homophobic people we dealt with. And the straight guy skit was to point out why your straight guys so uncomfortable and you know the irony of it and no matter what you do people are still going to be stupid with it because the amount of people that you know on the straight guy videos always comment like oh when is he going to come out they should get together they don't even realize like you're the reason i'm making these videos like the whole point of this video is to point out that straight guys shouldn't be this uncomfortable but they're only this uncomfortable because if they do take an interest in beauty you yeah. accuse them of being gay. So here's a video pointing this out. And on that video, you're still accusing them of being gay. You're the problem. People are going to view things the way they're going to view it. And once it's released into the wild, it's up to the people. It is really crazy to think about too, that they don't realize how much work is going into it and that the message behind it too, and people can take it the wrong way. So. I know. I know. So I have a couple questions for you. Okay. So what advice would you give to someone who's interested in becoming a makeup influencer, not just a makeup artist, mm. but is concerned about the competitive nature of this industry being 
not just yeah. the beauty industry, but specifically being an influencer, being that it is so Oh, I would God. Okay. Well, because of the competitiveness, that's why I started doing the comedy skits. Because if I had just done my beauty content, I don't think I would have gotten the platform I did because it, it just is like shouting into a void at this point. So the whole reason I made the comedy skits was because I knew it had much higher potential of going viral, but it was like a Trojan horse where I was wearing makeup in half the video that people literally would start to comment being like, Oh my God, how'd you do your eyeshadow? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? Every day in between the comedy videos, I posted the makeup tutorial, breaking it down. So it was like people were coming for the comedy and staying for the makeup. So that was my strategy. Mm. So that, that right there is the advice that I think you have to, at this point, you have to infuse something that nobody else is doing. If you're doing exactly what everybody else is doing, you know, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. If you're doing what every other beauty influencer is doing and you're just waiting for your videos to go viral, like, you're gonna go insane. yeah, yeah. You, you might happen, but it's the chances are low. And then I would say, too, as far as, quote unquote, being an influencer, like what people think it is, because I'm somebody that I hate the sales aspect of it. Like, I just see these people day in and day out on my feed that every video starts with products and what you need. And, oh, my God, this thing came out. And it's just, it depends on how you skew it and how you frame it. Because I think to me, someone like a Rose and Ben on TikTok and Instagram, like she is so fantastic at, even if something's a brand new product that she wants to try, she's not leading with, oh my God, you need this, this, or just saying like, this is new. So that's, that's the sole excitement. So let's all get in our car together and run out and buy it. It's always education focused. And if it happens to be great, she's like, the intention of the video is just showing you how to use it. Yeah, the and features, it, benefits. And if people are interested, they're naturally yeah. going to be this organic, like, and, okay, and now I want to exactly. see more. And that's right. why I do the education stuff or how to use stuff because it's like, this is new. I'm trying it because this is my job and I am a psycho that likes everything that comes out new. But if I'm trying a new cream blush and the point of the video is how to put cream blush over powder foundation, if you have another cream blush, it'll work fine. So I'm not telling you, you need this cream you blush. You need that exact thing. Exactly. You're not saying like, okay, go out and get this and use this affiliate code. You're yes. not doing, yeah, your videos never come off like sales pitchy too. Yeah. So what, oh my God. I didn't even like doing that when I was at Sephora. Like we said on the one podcast, half the time I would tell people go to fucking CDS. Go get these brushes. I would tell them this. what was go better. Go setting powder. Yes. Buy the expensive foundation, but then go spend $5.99 on Nick's powder. Oh and my God. If they ever heard me, I, there was like a million times I would, should have been fired at Sephora for like selling stuff at the drugstore. But yeah, so I was just never interested in that. And I don't think people realize when you get in this industry, how much more business oriented it is. You need to become a photographer and a videographer and an editor and a business person. You're negotiating your deals if you don't have a manager or you need to understand contracts and then completely go back to the drawing board at some point and reevaluate how much you want to be that salesman type person to bring in the deals, how much you don't want to do and turn down to stay true to the integrity, but then you're not making money. And it, there's so many things. I, I remember even a while ago, I got invited to an it cosmetics event and I did like a get ready with me thing. And I talked about it so many times. I love the confidence in a cream moisturizer. I've talked mm -hmm. to you about it. Yep. I used it in the bathroom. And then because that was probably the second event I ever got invited to, I am not a pro at like get ready with me videos. So I did my moisturizer with my cosmetics. And then when I was getting ready for the event, I was just like doing my makeup or whatever and kind of talking about the event and everybody in my comments. So, well, not everybody, some people were like, LOL, you not using any it cosmetics. And I'm like, 
that's not who I am. Just because I'm going to an It Cosmetics event doesn't mean I am now a salesperson for It Cosmetics. And if the brand wants me to be a salesperson for It Cosmetics because they're inviting me to an event to show me a new product, I don't want to go to that event. Yeah, like... Exactly. It's not all about the money. No. And I don't understand. I'm sorry. And at that time, when I was getting ready for that event, there was no it cosmetics makeup that I was loving in my current routine. So I didn't use it. Well, and that's the thing too, that it goes back to, okay, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to watch this person earnestly get ready. And if someone's following you and then one week you're saying, oh no, these are my favorites. And then you're going to this it cosmetics event and you're like, these are my absolute favorites, die hard favorites. I'm like, it's all about the money. And you know what's funny to me? The same <laughs> people that are in comment sections of people doing get ready with me is not using the makeup. You're also the ones complaining that influencers are not being genuine, that brands are catering to influencers instead of the consumers. So the brands should be catering to the consumers. It should almost be the hierarchy of the the consumers should be dictating what they want, what the tone is, what the feel is, what the integrity, what the morality is. The influencers, uh, in my opinion, should just be translators for the, the consumer. consumers as a go-between the brands. I view being a content creator as a liaison for what my followers want that I get to tell the brands that. If a brand invites me to an event and I throw all my makeup away other than the makeup for this event and start painting that this is the only makeup I use, you're going to complain about that too. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, not being genuine because right. of, yeah. So you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like yeah. you don't understand the people that say those things. It's very odd to me that they don't realize the cyclical nature of that, that, you know, exactly. You're going to complain about influencers that kiss brands asses, but then you're pointing out that someone, when they're getting invited to a Harry Styles concert with it cosmetics, that I'm not throwing all my makeup away and using it cosmetics. It just doesn't make sense. Personally, I've always been an it cosmetics skincare person. I never really was a cosmetics makeup person and except for that new concealer, which we're, I'll talk about soon, and but glow. Well, maybe not for you, Nude Glow. I'm exactly. But, but I love the, the Nude Glow on when I did makeup on people. Like right. the amount of times I used the CC cream on mature skin, whatever. But there's nothing that was right for me at that time. Right. Perfect. So I had already talked about the confidence in a cream. God only knows how many times before that event. The whole point of that event, which I didn't even realize, was that the It Cosmetics was like reformulated and it was like double as potent, which got me aroused when I came to the event. And lo and behold, I came home and I was like, guys, this moisturizer that I've loved forever is even stronger. So I, I talked about that aspect, but it's just very weird. Yeah, it, it's so peculiar. And, and those are the things I don't think people realize when you get into this or you want to get into this. It's you have to almost ask yourself, like, why am I getting into this? Mm. And believe it or not, it can ruin it for you because even me i've i mean you guys might have noticed like i really haven't posted an original comedy video or even a lot of makeup stuff in like a little over a month because i needed to take a break from it how much work the podcast was getting this up and running the makeup aspect doing all of this by myself for so long it was exhausting. I was so burnt out. The thought of sitting down for the past month and a half and putting makeup on myself and doing all that, whatever, it seemed so exhausting. It was so not fun. And I'm literally going to start filming, which stay tuned. I have comedy skits written. I have the makeup stuff ready to go. So I, I needed to take time. You have to be wary about getting actually the career you love 
your number one thing because it can really ruin it for you because there's so many other aspects to it. Which kind of leads me into my next point with you too. And I think it's incredible too, watching you throughout the years. And even when before all of this was happening as an influencer and even in any career path, how do you fight the burnout of creating content and how do you find that motivation? What do you do or what do you try to do to spark that creativity? When I feel burnout, the first question I always ask myself is, okay, what am I doing and how have I been doing it that is making me feel burned out? That is something I can't do anymore. So I have to identify that style, that routine, that kind of thing, whatever that one thing is or multiple things that are burning me out, step away from that and then re-enter it with a different approach. Nothing inspires me more to do my makeup than music. Like I hear a song and I, it's weird, but when I hear a song, I can picture the transition. I can picture the attitude. I can picture the makeup look that the song inspires almost like a little acting. And that is so fun that like, I'm like, okay, I haven't done that in a while. That actually feels fun. Start with that. So then I'll do that. And so I did two of those recently. And then a lot of it is just the allocation of work. So another thing about it is, you know, a lot of the other influencers I meet, no matter how big they are, they're big on one platform, maybe two. I was very nervous in the beginning about TikTok. So I put so much effort into growing the other two platforms. And now I'm big on all three on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. I just obviously started the second podcast channel that this is doing very well. So now I was answering my own emails, negotiating my own brand deals, my own contracts, filming content shorts, makeup shorts for TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, filming comedy shorts for TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, filming long form YouTube videos, editing everything myself, editing the long form myself, booking the guests, scheduling the guests, doing my research, asking the questions, writing the bios filming the podcast, editing the podcast, scheduling it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, editing the video podcast and posting it. Bus. Literally. Shoot me. Yeah. No place. No sleep. Yeah. (laughs) I was, I literally up until like maybe two weeks ago, I'm not kidding. I was working 12 hour days, seven days a week. And then at that point too, you're even balancing all of that, which is just work. And then your relationship. Exactly. I'm getting married in three months. All of that is just your one aspect. And then you're balancing every other part of your life, trying to feel like a human when you shut off the lights, turn off the camera. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I still need to eat dinner and be a person. And it's 2 a.m. And anywhere I go, any friend I hang out with, any family event I go to, all they want to do is talk about it to me because they're excited, which I like, but they ask me questions about it. How was it doing? What was this like? How is this? So when I'm not doing work, people are asking me about work and it's just very odd. So I, like I said, I, I know I needed to bring on help and it's all a business in a sense and being very transparent about it. I'm very lucky that I was able to monetize the podcast channel where I don't have any advertisers yet because we're still building it up. So the only money the podcast is making is just YouTube views. That is allowing me to kind of break even, not really even, you know, I'm still paying a little bit to have an editor. So I'm not going to make any money on the podcast for X amount of months, but just breaking even and reinvesting it is getting me my time back that I'm not spending two and a half days editing the video podcast. So I can refocus on how to do things to get the joy back in what you're doing. And I think that's with any career you're in or any job you have, you almost have to say to yourself, okay, if this is what the routine I've been in is burning me out and it's not working, you have to figure out a way to either restructure it, your time, the schedule, or if if it's more creative or whatever the case is, 
approach it in a way that feels different. Mm -hmm. And, or, and even for me, just straight up with the comedy videos, I had to take a beat from doing them because writing, I, I joked around between everything, the Sephora, the Mac skits. I told you I'm getting ready. I'm writing a new part two of if makeup brands are people, but that makeup brands are people. You're the only one in my life that right out of the gate, you and Patty Alonso, who's a, another YouTuber, the only two people that immediately said to me, and other, my followers and subscribers, a lot of you were so sweet to acknowledge like, oh my God, this probably took so much work, but I'm talking about people in my personal life. You two were the only ones to say that had to take you so much time. And uh, it, it normally wouldn't, but because I was almost fledging out the idea of how I was going to do it, right? I filmed two or three of the six characters for that in like the end of August and the whole span of writing that and figuring out how it was going to happen, doing all the different looks for them because they were all completely done up. My fiance makes fun of me because the scene took place where I was the generic guy hosting the meeting, standing up and all the characters were sitting at a table on a piece of paper. I wrote out almost like a seating chart where everyone was sat so you can look at that the way the continuity of let's say at a half circle table if the elf person was on the left nars was on the right and anastasia beverly hills was in the middle i knew when i was filming when i was playing the nars character if the anastasia person was to his left or his right i was looking the right way like that's the level of detail that goes into these things let alone the wigs the makeup the looks the whatever that video took me about two and a half months Obviously, now if I did it, it would I'd probably be able to turn it out. And then the backhand slap of somebody just going. Yep. Oh, yeah. They just go past it. Too long. Yep. Too long. Yeah. No attention span. Those videos did very well. That video, which I'm grateful for. But imagine doing, putting that much work into it and it flopping. Yeah. And I love, too, that the brands that were (gasps) playing it up. Yes. Urban Decay, props to you. I want to know who runs their social media account. Because they are. They, I love a sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, And it was great too. And I love that the brands were even feeding into it. The other brands that were like, put us in next time. I'm like, yes, they were asking me to put them in. I love it. And I think that's, it's such a great sense of humor too, that you want to be involved. Yes. And I love that. But even so, I was even curious when you say that things take you that long, where you're dedicating your two and a half months or whatever to Mm -hmm. this whole big project. And then you go to do a beauty reel or whatever, and you're on TikTok or Instagram, whatever, and you're creating this look. Do you feel like you ever have to go back and like reevaluate what the trend is to be relevant? Or do you just do whatever you feel like is right for you? In the beginning, I did. Okay. Because I felt what I was making was indicative of whether it was going to be seen. How it was going to perform was based on what trends you know what I was sucking, you know, like, (laughs) but now, especially now more than ever, I feel like the algorithm on TikTok and Instagram is so botched and effed up, but I'm happy at this point. I feel like I've built it up enough where my focus is the people that enjoy what I do, no matter what it is, because they know I'm constructing the content for them. At this point, I'm lucky enough that I can say I post a poll on my YouTube shorts community tab or my IG stories and say, what videos do you guys want to see? Or what what one do you want first? And what they tell me, that's what I film. I don't need to cater to the trends, which I always hate. And yeah, that's what I, I feel like I've always liked about your content too, because you're not putting up those polls saying, which one do you want? But you already have that one thing filmed, ready to go, ready to post. And it's like, it could have been an 80-20 split. And you're yeah. like, well, this one's going up. Yeah. Like, oh, 90, you I will t- 90, never that person. 99% of the time when I post those polls, what I'm asking you, I'm going to film it 
if based, based on, on what, what you want. Yeah. Oh, me. I wish I was that ahead of schedule. I wish I was the person that had both ready. And I was like, which one do you want first? Oh no. I'm like, okay. Like, and then I have to film the whole thing. But I I'm think that's so what busy. comes across more genuine. Yeah. And I, that's why I feel like even seeing you, knowing you prior to all of this and seeing you go into this, you're not a different person. You have always been this person where Thank you're you. like, you're not changed. And it's like the one person that said one million really changed you. Hysterical. Yeah. Oh, I was what like, was that for? I forget what that was about. Oh, I feel like it, it was, was the clip so of, silly. It was the clip of me and what Robert Welch talking about Jacqueline Hill. Was that what it was? It was uh, me and Robert talking about Jacqueline Hill and pointing out how basically the ridiculousness of influencers clearly overblowing how good something is and then saying, oh, it's in my Amazon storefront. He's not being condescending towards Jacqueline. He's pointing out influencers being dishonest and saying that this is a problem. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And basically, like, I have this brand deal. How can I sneak it in? And it's in my Amazon storefront. Neither of us then went on to say, Jacqueline is known for this. Jacqueline, it had nothing to do with you're making a blanket statement of what influencers here's do, and that's just one, here's this one instance example. that just happened that proves our point that was relevant. And right. anything else Jacqueline has ever done or not done wasn't even a part of the statement. No, it's not even, yeah, that's not part of it. You're the whole reason why, but it's yeah. the one million really changed you. I'm like, what was the comment on the YouTube, one of our podcasts you said you were going to tell me? Oh my God. That sent me to outer fucking space. Mm-hmm. There was the two comments that like, well, I was just reading them and it's like, okay, whatever. Like, of course I care what people are saying. Cause I'm like, I'm curious. Okay. The first one was that we were really dogging one of the skincare yes. brands. And I was like, I don't remember. I think I know what you're talking about. And I had even said to the person, if you have something from a celebrity beauty brand that we were like, ugh. I'm very happy for you that it works. That's 100%. not our point. That's not our point, point is that there is too many beauty brands being started by celebrities who a lot of them have no prior interest, knowledge, education about beauty, and it's watering down the entire industry. That was our point. Yeah. So if you have something from the outset by Scarlett Johansson and it's changed your life, Tell me about it. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited. Like the other comment that got me. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I had tears in my eyes. She said, what is a Vanessa Hudgens? <gasps> that woman, God bless this woman. She was like 60 years old and so inclusive. And it was a positive thing. She goes, I don't know what a Vanessa Hudgens is or who he, she, she they, them, them are. And I don't know what I'm so into voguing right now means, but... Whatever like, I'm from the original voguing days and I don't know what a Vanessa Hudgens even is. I was di- I was like, God bless you, Angel, because it was the most like real funny thing. And, and I could tell she was from like the club kid days. And, very like, much. And very much. She was like, I don't know what this is. And then the he, she, they, them. And she was like, I don't me. care what it is, but just clear this up for me. What is it? And she was like, educate me. Yes, I was dying. I had tears in my eyes and yes. I like, couldn't breathe. That That's uh, it was amazing. Yeah. That, and that's the kind of thing too. It's like, you're interested. It's funny. This person has a sense of humor. And it's yes. not like you were coming at her either and she wasn't coming at you. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Take it with a grain of salt. Like, if you don't like what we're saying about these beauty brands, look inward. I know. Like, go touch grass. It's an please. opinion. Go it's an opinion. touch grass. Because we have our opinions, you have yours, and that's yes. beautiful. That's the most beautiful part of it, is that you can love this, and it just, like, I haven't tried it. I've never tried anything from the outset or whatever And I just wish brands. we lived in a world that if you and I, two gay morons sitting on a couch, say... <laughs> Ugh, Julia Roberts is coming out with lip liners and you try the lip liners and they're the best thing you try. Don't get mad. Comment and say, I actually just tried the lip liners and I love them. And then you know what? Work. I'm going to go out and get the lip liner and try them because you, Kathy, 
told me to buy them. Yeah. I wish we lived in that world where someone was just like, you know what? I tried it. Ha ha. I get what you're saying. I get that you're joking around that it's too oversaturated. But actually I tried it and I really like it. Why can't we live in that world? Why do we have to be like... My mother is Julia Roberts. Yeah. Like, canceled. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. Like, are you Durant Julia Roberts? Like, for, nephew? Yeah. yeah. They're like shoulder pads, helmet on. Like, what did you say about Calm mother? Down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just, it's not that serious. And these people that make these brands, they don't know who you are. Exactly. They are not concerned with what you think of them. Yes. They have made this brand and they're going to, they're going to take and run with it. And if it succeeds or not. It has nothing to do with you. Exactly. Defending them on a YouTube channel. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We have to talk about Lady Gaga and the Joker. Oh my fucking God. Okay, guys. (laughs) Part of our friendship is like bonding over being, listen, the two of us. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I have a Lady Gaga on my sleeve. Not on my shirt sleeve. A tattoo sleeve is what I meant. Yes. Um. I have two Gaga tattoos. Yeah. Nobody loves her more than us. No. We would let her literally spit on our face. Oh, 100%. But another part of our friendship is playfully dogging on Gaga's, like, yeah. odd decisions and questionable choices. I have so many. And it's horrible that so many things come to mind. And they're not always her fault directly. No. I no, feel like. No. They're not always her fault. She's a big person. She's a huge star. So she's, she's got a team. She's got a decisions. team. She she has a team that yes. some of them should get fired. Yes. For yes. God, some of those choices, the makeup decisions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, the, some of the some of the stunts yes. that she is going into. But speaking on the Joker, for anybody watching the YouTube podcast, I need to pull up this photo that I pulled up to Johnny. To die for. That oh, my. I'll if, insert it. I'll insert I it. Mean, I, this, you guys, this, you have to watch yeah. the video podcast, this photo of her. We just were looking at each other dying. I still feel like she gives me the vibe like that. She thinks she has something to prove where she like oversings. It's like too much sometimes. Like there's levels, like give us the levels. Even when she does live performances where she like takes the mic away and she's like blowing a vocal cord, trying to prove that she can sing without a mic, like Ethel Merman. Girl, we know, we know you don't need to do that stuff anymore. And I, I feel like that's where the direction that we're heading in with Joker too, of her standing on the stairs. It is like art pop mentally now coming visually. Yes. yes. I it's, almost sent you a video, someone on TikTok or Instagram I came across and it was like Lady Gaga, like shutting down New York city with her voice these people had to be 400 feet away from wherever it was filming and reverbing off the clouds. You could hear Gaga just like fucking booming. And I'm dying because I'm like this woman, she probably didn't even have a mic. She was literally singing loud enough to illuminate the entire New York City, like all of the Bronx. And I just was cracking up thinking about what we're always saying. So this movie is going to be so campy and so... I am... What I fear, too, is that it's... When they said this was going to be a musical and whatever, I I was like, please... I know where I thought a star was born was going, which that was a pleasant surprise. I will say phenomenal. Cause when I saw her at that gas station with that brown hair, I said, Oh, she's Oscar baiting the red wig with the green outfit, the leprechaun. You sent that to me when they were filming and we were like, what was this? She looked like a leprechaun. Yeah. 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 And I just, and that's the thing. Well, and it's this whole thing of like in the video that uh, in the video, the movie of a star is born when she was like talking about her nose and she goes, yeah, I was never told I was going to make it big because of my nose. Well, that's like real life. Yes. People would literally say these things to her. Be like, you'll never be the blonde. And here she is with bright orange hair. I know. You know, she brings that realness into her, like Mm -hmm. from her real life into these movies, but these 
clips from the Joker to I die just, for. It's just so on brand. It's un unhinged. But unhinged. Like you said it perfectly. She is that starving theater kid. <gasps> theater that kid. Is just, uh, oh my god! If any of you are theater kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that you person want that raw, like I that, like stays in character backstage. Just too much. Just too much. You heard about House of Gucci, though, right? Yes. That when they stopped filming, she stayed. She in would character. go to IHOP and still have the yeah. Italian accent. And she was like, "Oh um, my god!" Like I just the whole of never breaking, and that's why even when she was at what was the award show she was just at, which, uh, uh, wearing that black dress, the Versace dress. What was it? Oh my god. The Oscars? Was it the Oscars? Well, like, she looked so... Beautiful, yeah. So stunning, but you could tell she lost all that weight. Yeah. And I, I'm like, this is obviously for the movie, but yeah. even so, like, did you notice even during Chromatica Ball that there was that one instance where it broke and she had that, like, cynical kind of laugh in between that end of an act? And yes. I was like... And somebody was like, here comes Joker, too. I like, know. she's already... Like, you know there's going to be, if there was a documentary, she's like, oh, here she is getting into character a year before they even started filming. I know. I know. And it, I'm so happy I didn't realize that it just wrapped filming, but it's not coming out until fall of 2020. Wrapped. It just wrapped. And it's not wow. coming out until fall of 2024. And I'm happy about that because there is nothing more consuming than a Gaga movie press tour. She's unhinged. Especially with this, when she does all the interviews and whatever, and she is laying it on like she is part of a William Shakespeare company of intense acting method insanity. We're about to get our pop interviews again. Do yes. you remember she was just like sitting there, blank face, dark hair, bleached brows, just staring into the abyss. And I'm like... And especially because it's Joker too, where it's, it's all about like mental health and whatever. And right. she had to probably go to dark places to film it. These interviews, she is going to be like, if she's going to like show up with an eye patch or something, like just weird, you know what I, just weirdness. Like a white handlebar mustache. Yes. Yep. Yes. Like, yeah. so, and we love her for it. I do. No, and that's, <laughs> yeah. a, and I remember talking about she even is the definition of house pants. labs. And we're like, this is why it's your favorite beauty brand. And it's, mm -hmm. I love her to death. And it's just like, it's like watching a sibling or someone you love do things. And you're like, I love you so much. Yeah. I just need you to understand that this she's is She's a like, theater kid. It is. Oh my God. I am very excited. Yeah. And she's not going to stop until she wins an acting Oscar. So. She didn't win an Oscar already? She won best original song for Shallow, but she lost the acting Oscar to Olivia Coleman for the favorite for Star is Born. So she hasn't won an acting Oscar. She has the best original song Oscar uh, for Shallow and the Golden Globe acting for, uh, American Horror Story. I'll ask you this now. Do you think she's going to get one for this movie? I wonder because I think if Joaquin Phoenix didn't win the Oscar for the Joker, mm -hmm. which he did, if he didn't and it didn't have the Oscar esteem it did the first time, I don't think she would get nominated because if this was a standalone thing, I think like House of Gucci, she didn't get an Oscar nomination. Right. I think the Academy after Star is Born, they're going to try to kind of make her work harder for it because Star is Born was her debut vehicle kind of a thing. So yeah. I think they thought she was going to have her Cher and Moonstruck moment. And Cher obviously did one or two things before that, like Gaga, but it was her big thing. 
and Cher won for Moonstruck Gaga, didn't win. I think now that she didn't win, the Oscars are going to go. They know people are kind of exhausted of the Gaga campaigning for an Oscar narrative. So 99 people in a room. So they don't almost want to give it to her so easily. So they didn't with House of Gucci. So I don't think they would for Joker. And especially because Joker is like an Oscar Beatty movie like no one's business it has oscar bait written all over it it does depressed people smearing makeup on their face crying in the thing and you know we're gonna get that original song from her too like hold my hand for so like that, top gun okay we're, we're gonna get i have a theory again. though i'm curious Ooh, okay if she really wants this acting oscar i hope she doesn't have anything to do with the music because she needs to realize as long as she has an acting oscar nomination the same year she has a song nomination, like she will never song. win the acting because you have to realize people will split the vote. If they're voting and Gaga's nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Song and Acting, they're going to go, oh, well, let me, uh, let's give Gaga the song and I'll vote for someone else for acting. Well, that's I, exactly what happened with Star is Born. That's what I almost liked about American Horror Story, too, is that mm -hmm. she was in this. There was nothing to do with her music career in that show. Mm -hmm. I really love seeing her in like that different character. It was yeah. playing this like very unhinged character. Yeah. That's where I, I almost think this is like, okay, this could be like a yeah. step up from the Countess. And I think she could kill this. I like, think it could be, she's gonna be great. amazing. And I mean, these photos like, yeah. I mean, are unhinged this might be the moment if it yeah. really has nothing to do with her music career i know this could be like american horror story where she takes it to that next level yeah. again and she's really testing herself but again i do think this would be the smarter decision if there was no original song yeah it could be this big moment. or i hope even if she does have something to do with the music because honestly i think it would be a shame if she didn't have something to do with the music because she's obviously mm. phenomenal i mean look at the music from a star she's an unbelievable songwriter and musician yeah. maybe the strategy would be having something to do with the music but not submitting herself for it like let's say it's her and two other writers oh, i would say okay. listen i don't want to be submitted for the oscar you two just submit for the oscar nomination you guys get it and she should just go for the acting because as long as she has bolts yeah. she's never going to get the acting she has That's to only point. be nominated never, yeah because people are going to split it they're going to say you know we're not going to give her two things we can vote for her for song and we'll give the acting to somebody else because i think that's what happened with the Stars Born year because that was supposed to be Glenn Close's year because Glenn Close has been nominated for like eight Oscars and never won, which is shocking. So it was supposed to be Glenn Close's year. She won everything up until that point and everyone was expecting her to win. And it was a very shocking thing that Olivia Coleman won. But I don't think people realize that all the people that were going to vote for Gaga and Glenn Close, all the people that voted for Gaga they voted for her for best original song. And then all those Gaga acting voters voted for either Glenn Close, but they didn't anticipate they all went for Olivia Coleman. And it was this whole new dynamic that Olivia Coleman ended up squeaking it out. And because the people that would have voted Gaga for the acting, they all said, let's give her the song. And you had all these people that were new voters and it went to Olivia Coleman. So it's going to be very interesting how it shakes out if she's yeah. in the music and the acting thing yeah. all we, over again. Well, when this comes out, we have to go see it. Of course. We'll yes. be there like opening night. I know. I, I know. need to go see this. And I, I can't wait. I really am. As much as I am nervous, I'm very excited. I was nervous yes. for House of Gucci. I was nervous for, you know, A Star is Born, whatever. But I am so excited to see where she goes and where I she know. takes this. Because you know she is getting into it. Yeah. Listen, she's dedicated. So I'm excited. We love that wacky bitch. Yeah, love her.
That is it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beautiful and Bothered with me and Kevin. All right. This was so much fun. Thank you again for having me. I know. So much fun. I love having Kevin on. Let us know anything else you want us to talk about in the comments down below yes, because please. we have episodes planned, but honestly, we love shooting the shit and um, ask us like the Gaga conversation, any other pop culture topics you want us to dish on oh, yeah. because, oh my God, we love... We love talking shit. I love it. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a little five-star review. Also, make sure to subscribe to the official Beautiful and Bothered YouTube channel for weekly video episodes. Wherever you guys are, I hope you are happy, safe, and healthy. And remember, you, you are, are beautiful. beautiful. Bye, guys. Bye.